Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast, with your host, Rob Snow White. My name is Rob Snow White and thank you for downloading my podcast. This episode is all about owning and maintaining your drift boat trailer. This all came about because a client was fishing with me for shad. He was from Maine, he's a professor, and he built himself a drift boat during COVID. And that was his COVID project. He seemed a little shocked that I carried a full bearing replacement kit and a bunch of other things everywhere I go with my drift boat. So. I started brainstorming and I came up with this podcast. I am not the expert on drift boat trailers. Everything you're about to hear is from my personal experience and having to learn it the hard way. If you listen to me and something happens to your boat and your trailer, don't blame me. I am not the expert. I'm taking no legal responsibilities for you listening to an internet podcast from a fly fishing guide about how to keep your boat maintained. If you have questions about your boat and your trailer, you can please just give your manufacturer a call. They can handle most of it for you. I can tell you that if you live somewhere where I do, people in gas stations and things have no idea what to do with trailers. So you gotta do it all yourself. Wanna give a shout out to the Pennsylvania folks who recently came to town. Today is Friday the 28th of April. It's raining today, actually pretty hard. So no shad fishing today, but a week ago, 
the weather was perfect, the tides were perfect, the water level was perfect, and the clarity was perfect. And I called up producer Jason, I said, dude, you gotta come to town. Everything's lining up for Shadness Madness. So he came to town. And that night we went to my girlfriend's friend's house for a big jam. So I told Jason to bring an ax with him and we all jammed. It was one of the guy's birthdays and we did some of his songs and then we did some dead songs and man, I don't remember what else we did. It was pretty crazy though. I, I give a shout out to Sergeant Bass Fisher playing the percussions for a while is quite exhausting. So I jammed on the harmonica for a little bit and then I did a little bit of percussion work and it was a good time and they all want Jason to come back to town to jam. There were like six or seven people jamming in this dude's basement. It was pretty fun. And then Chris came down from Pennsylvania. He works pretty hard. He's got a big family, doesn't have a lot of time to fish. So he takes a day off every year to come down and fish with me. And it was pretty good. We had a great learning experience. His roll casting was great. Fish hooking, fish landing. The thing with the shad this year, even with Jason, Jason is the first one to get a double hookup with shad, is we've got no white perch. We've not caught a single striped bass. It's only been hickory shad on the Potomac River. It's really strange. And I thought we'd get multi-species last Friday. It was 80 degrees and sunny and beautiful, but just hickory shad. And I want to give a shout out to the folks in Texas. They've been purchasing a whole lot of my big old garflies. You can find those on Etsy on my website and you can help support my small business. And also a heads up that my hourly rate is going to increase starting May 1, 2023. Let's talk about drift boats. Before I bought my first drift boat, and I bought mine from Fletcher's Boathouse. It had never been in the water. It just had about a foot of leaves in it. I had never owned a drift boat before. I had never driven with a trailer behind me. I had never backed a boat down a ramp. I had never parked a boat with a trailer. I had never merged in traffic with a boat trailer. Everything else ahead of here is from my personal experience and maybe this will help you avoid similar troubles. And I can explain to you, I can tell you that my drive home from Fletcher's through Georgetown, through Roslyn into Arlington onto 395 and then the Beltway was absolutely horrifying. I was terrified. I did it during a weekday right after morning traffic and I'm still a little scared every time I take out my drift boat. And we're going to talk about that now. My first drift boat, if you've never heard my podcast before, was hit by a drunk driver. It was parallel parked on Old Columbia Pike in Alexandria, Virginia. We called it Annadale because it was still sort of in the Annadale section of Little River Turnpike. And she was coming home from drinking with her friends in her dad's Lexus and hit four cars and then my boat trailer. My boat trailer moved 81 feet and there was no wheel on the front. The actual trailer hitch was on the asphalt. So she hit my boat hard enough to send it 81 feet up the road, across the shoulder, down a grass embankment, up another grass embankment and rested on the sidewalk. So when the police called me, they asked me to kindly move my boat trailer that was parked on a residential sidewalk and you can believe I was thoroughly confused as to what they were talking about. My car died the first time Jason and I ever fished together years ago, like 12 or 13 years ago, and we were at Pohick Bay in Virginia, didn't know what to do. My car was dead. Luckily, he had a trailer hitch that fit my 
trailer and we were able to pull it out and drive it home. My next car completely died on a road trip and I had to scrap it and sell it for $200 and take a U-Haul home from Hazleton, Pennsylvania, not far from where client Chris lives. And while I was driving that U-Haul home, not being able to see anything really in the rear view mirror and there's no window to look out of in the back, the actual trailer hitch popped off the ball, which it was matched to the size and locked onto while I'm coming down 83 towards Baltimore and I ended up dragging my stealth craft trailer along the asphalt. And I just heard a bump and looked back and saw sparks and cars getting out of the way. And that's why you always keep those chains from your trailer attached to your car. Again, horribly terrifying after such a long day. I had my bearings blow up on me on 95 South, headed to Fredericksburg a couple years ago. And that was the first day of the season. And then again, last year, I was in a rush to get out, didn't do my bearings, and blew my hubs on the way to meet my client. And then I had to drive 30 minutes to a tractor supply to get the only set of bearings that actually matched my boat. And I put them on, and I didn't have grease with me, and they blew up on the way home. It was horrifyingly scary with my child screaming, in the back seat that we were gonna die, even though we were on one lane roads going 25. People don't know when you put your arm out the window and you make this motion like you are doing butterfly stroke, that means go around you. People don't know what that means these days. Uh, I wanna thank Stealthcraft Boats. Every time I've had an issue, I can call Mike and the folks up there and they can walk me through, including my newest issue, which is I noticed the insides of my wheels were balding up, so I swapped out to my spare tire and that started getting really bare. So I looked it up and it's called camber. When something is off with your axle, the inside or outside of your wheels will, will wear. And I'll get to how this happened later, but I called them up and it turns out I just need to rotate my axle. So when this weather dries up, I'm gonna put the boat up on the driveway and get to work on it. Also a big shout out to rigidhitch.com. They are the suppliers of most of the parts I order for my trailer. The folks there, it seems to be a small business. You can call them back and you call them by their first names to their line. They are some really nice folks and be sure to know the part numbers you need. It will make ordering much, much easier and order everything in bulk. So let's talk about some things you're gonna need for your car, wiring and electronics, the hubs for your boat trailer, tools, other things you need, and then I am gonna close my eyes and visualize everything I do when I swap out the bearings in my driveway, hopefully not on the side of the road. I've seen plenty of Instagram pictures where people are driving out in the middle of the nowhere and their hubs blow, the bearings are gone, and they're stranded. So I've learned from experience, and now I'm gonna explain what you need. That trip back from Pennsylvania with the U-Haul continuously blew fuses. Something may have been wrong with the boat, something may have been wrong with the U-Haul, but I kept having to take fuses and pull over and stop and get fuses for the ride home. It was dark and it was raining and every time I would turn on my turn signal or something, all the fuses in the boat trailer would blow and the lights would go out and you have to have your boat lit, especially at night. So you wanna carry fuses that go to the trailer and the lights. You wanna get a trailer hitch 
installed in your car before you buy it. So preferably your car already has one installed. My Honda CRV did not. So I had to buy a trailer hitch at U-Haul and have my mechanics install it. And my mechanics at that time were my former students. They were over 21. And I gave them a handle of Russian cranberry infused Everclear. And they did it for me. Yeah, strange things. All right, wiring and electronics. You're gonna need wiring and a harness to go from your car to the wiring and harness in the boat. The electrical wires are wrapped in colored insulating plastic casings, kind of like what's on your fly line. And each color indicates the wire's purpose. Your hubs. What you need to know about your hubs. You can buy already greased and ready to install hubs. They come in a black case. And all you have to do is have a clean axle. You slide it on, tighten it, and you're good to go. There's an S-ton of grease in them. It's super easy. It's going to run you around $80. You can get those at auto supply stores. You can buy them online. You can buy them at marine supply stores. If you want to do it the easy way, you buy those and install them and you're good to go for a long time. Other things you're going to need. I wear gloves because this is a greasy, disgusting mess. I wear grease monkey gloves. You can get a pack of 18 or 20 of them online. After a while, they're going to wear through, but at least keep two pairs with you in your boat and trailer at all times. Now, remember, I've got a stealth craft, so I've got a big dry hatch underneath my seat and then a big compartment underneath the casting platform on ATB where all of this is stored. A good pair of gloves to keep the grease off your hands. You don't want to wear nitrile gloves because when you touch that cotter pin, they're going to rip right open and then you get grease all over your hands. You also don't want to be wearing your best clothes. If this happens to you out on the road, just deal with it. But if you're doing this at home, wear some lousy clothes because the grease is going to be beyond a mess. If I can't emphasize anything in this, it's how greasy you're going to be when you're done with this. If you didn't know this, there's a bearing pulling and removing tool. If your bearing gets stuck or stuck on the axle, there is a tool that helps you pop it off. I did not know this until my neighbor across the street brought one over. He had one, never used it. He was very glad he had a chance to use it. Now I purchased one myself. You can get that at Harbor Freight. You want a rubber-handed mallet. This is what you're going to use to attach all sorts of things from your Oh man, what are we gonna, we're gonna tap in our hubs. We're gonna tap a whole lot of things. You're gonna need a rubber mallet. You want a wrench, something that you would use in plumbing possibly. This is gonna be for tightening and untightening your hex nut, if that's the right term for it that goes on there. And I don't have the nut in my listing, so let's add extra nuts. Okay, you need newspapers and paper towels because the grease is gonna get on everything. If you drop a greasy item on the ground, every single thing that's on the ground is going to stick to it. And you don't want to have extra particles in your grease when things are going to be turning around on the spindle of your axle up to 60, 70 miles an hour. So lay down newspaper and have paper towels. You need to clean everything. I often have to clean the handle on my mallets, my wrenches, clean off the lug nuts everything i just go to the international market and they've got all these indian and korean newspapers that are just stacked up take a handful of those and i'm good to go mineral spirits you want to have something that's going to clean the grease off so if you are cleaning old bearings or if you drop your bearings and all the other parts my clients left a starbucks cup in my boat so i poured mineral spirits in that i put lug nuts bearings and all the other pieces in there 
let it sit for about 10 to 15 minutes, poured it out, everything was clean and ready to be put on. You're gonna need washers. Washers are gonna go between your spindle nut and the spindle nut and the bearing. You're gonna need that. You also need uh, extra bearings. Why? Just because it's gonna happen. So I don't just buy two bearings. I've got six, eight, or ten with me at all times now because just why not? And then when you do need them, you need them, and then you don't have to uh, dig around for them. I've got them. Everything is in a Plano tackle box in my boat where I keep all of these individual parts. Cotter pins, you want extra and extra cotter pins. Make sure you have the right size, get them in bulk, get them at the hardware store. They don't cost much, you're gonna bend them, you're gonna break them, you're gonna go through one or two each time you change out your bearings. So make sure you have a whole bunch of extra ones of those. Grease caps. Grease caps are a little like plastic washers with a metal spring inside of them. They're gonna go on the inside of the hub most proximal to the axle. And the spring can pop in them, they can pop out. You also need the mallet to put these in delicately. You don't wanna hit them directly with the mallet, but you wanna get them in place. Again, something you need to clean off of with the mineral spirits if you are changing them out. Lug nuts, why not? You might lose your lug nuts if they come in, uh, if you buy your hub in a pre-packaged, it's gonna come with extra lug nuts. So by now I've got 30 something extra lug nuts just sitting around, but I always carry extra ones that are clean in my kit. Hubcaps, if your cotter pin is not on correctly and you put on a hubcap and the tire starts spinning, it's gonna pop the hubcap off. If you break your bearings, your hubcap is gonna pop off. So have extra ones. You don't wanna to get to the water missing a hubcap and then put your boat in and get all sorts of water inside there. So carry extra ones. They're not that expensive. You can buy all this in bulk and you can just tap those in. Technically, you wanna put a flat board over them and then use the mallet to put them in, but you might not have that. So you wanna have an extra board with you. There's something called a bearing buddy. It's like a hubcap, but it allows you to add grease into the hubs without removing the hubcaps. Now, my issue with them is that I, I've lost several of them. When your bearings break, your wheel is out of alignment and it's gonna move up and down and it's gonna pop them off. And they run like $24 for a pack. And I've gone through $60 worth of them. I, I know where I've popped my bearings on the road and I've gone back looking for them and I can't find them. They look like a small can of condensed soup with a little uh, nub sticking out of them that you would put like a bike pump onto. And I, I already mentioned the camber of the tires. So you want to carry an extra inflated with you spare tire. The tools you're going to need, you're going to want a jack, not the one you use for your car. Get a little hydraulic jack at your local big box store, wherever. And uh, yeah, you wanna have a nice jack. You're gonna wanna keep it clean. You're gonna wanna run newspaper all along it. It's gonna get greasy. Everything your gloves touch is gonna leave grease residue. You want a four-way lug nut wrench. And yes, I know this is all taking up a lot of space. I've got room for it and I'd rather have it than not. The size that matches my lug nuts has blue 
painter's tape wrapped around it so I don't have to look around for the side that works the best. I know you can get a drill bit to take off a lug nut, I just haven't done that yet. I already mentioned the spare tire and again, all your spare tires, even the one in your car, you should fill up every time you top off your air pressure at Wawa. I also keep with me an electric air pump. It plugs into the cigarette lighter in my boat or it plugs into the cigarette lighter in my car. You're not always gonna be able to line your car up to put air in the tires. So that's why it is nice to have a stealth craft with an outlet in it. I also carry with me um, this little kit that has a big battery in it for jump starting your car. It has an adapter for the cigarette lighter. It also has USB ports and uh, USB A, B, C, whatever. So you can charge smartphones from Apple to Samsung. You can plug all sorts of things into it. My kid actually found it in the woods during a snowstorm. It was really weird. It was just in the woods and we opened it up and it turned on. But I don't have a battery in my boat right now. It died and I just haven't bought a new one. So I can't use the outlet. And when my boat is on the trailer connected to my car, the wire won't reach from the back trunk section of my Xterra. So I just plug it into this little battery device and just walk up my little air pump. The air pump is digital. It also has a flashlight on it so you can see what you're doing. You don't want to do this in the dark, drop your lug nuts and yell, oh fudge, in front of your dad. I know the air pump has a lamp on it. I know that your smartphone has a light on it but you should still have an extra flashlight. A headlamp is ideal for doing this. Other things you need to have when you are trying to maintain your boat trailer is grease. Now grease comes in two different forms and the reason you need grease is it cuts down the friction on the bearings as your boat wheel spins and prevents them from blowing up. It's not enough grease, it's all gonna blow up. There's two types of grease. I already mentioned one kind, which is gonna be the grease gun. I didn't mention it, but I mentioned how you apply it. Either the inside of your, your hub or your bearing buddy is gonna have a nozzle on it just like a bike pump. You get a tube of grease, you insert it in the grease gun, and it's pressurized based on, it's like a cock gun. And basically, you just squeeze your hand and there's a trigger on it and grease comes out. You want to get marine grease and you want to keep the brand of the grease that's already in there so you're not mixing two different chemical formulas. This is going to be the nice clean grease. It's going to be bright red or it's going to be really colorful blue and the stuff that comes out of your trailer hub when you change it is going to be black. This one works ideally if you have the nubs on your hub or the nub on your bearing buddy. If not, you want to have a grease tub. Now I find the tub is much easier regardless of which way you're going because you need to get grease inside and around the entire bearing. Now the bearing looks like a large ring with little cylindrical metal cylinders on it. And they spin, there's an inside and outside of the bearing. And when you're greasing this, you need to put grease in between. So imagine you're holding an Oreo and you look at the icing between the two chocolate pieces, that white icing area is the gap inside the inside and outside bearings and you need to fill that with grease. So what I do is I fill my entire hand with grease and you just drag the bearing through it and pack it in and then you roll so all the bearings get it. You want every single part of that bearing coated and when you think you've got it, do it again. Scrape the 
stuff off your hands if you need to to whatever but you're gonna get grease all over your hands and then that should be ready to go straight into the spindle which I'll talk about in a moment so you want grease tubs or grease guns the grease guns get greasy and disgusting and everything sticks to them if you've got a tub like country croc size it stays fairly clean and that's my preference and I've been doing this for a while I carry a whole bunch of wooden boards with me they were from a box at my parents house or something I don't remember but there were all these boards before they downsized their house they're about an inch thick and I've used deck screws to join two of them together in sets of two and this is because the trailer is rather high up for the jack so what I have to do is put down eight inches of wooden boards and then the jack on top of that and that allows me to get the proper height on the jack when I do jack up enough if I've got to go under the trailer I'm gonna put little axle rests underneath so it doesn't collapse on me wooden boards uh, they're wet they're slimy they're covered in grease but I have to have them always with me a lock uh, I have a lock to prevent my trailer from being stolen by somebody whether I'm out the ramp or at my driveway if I pull out somebody could just back in and grab my boat so I have a lock on there um, I keep an air horn in my boat putty epoxy this is called marine epoxy it looks like a blue stick like a giant blue Tootsie Roll you can get it at any hardware store and what happens is you pull off a piece of the putty and roll it around in your hands because you want to be wearing gloves and you mold it to something and it hardens in 24 hours if there's a chip in your hull the fly rod tube holders in my boat came loose I used the marine epoxy to fix it and it works perfect always have a tube of that with you that's more for your household but if you've got any dents or chips or cracks we've used it on kayaks use it on the stealth craft use it inside the stealth craft it stinks but it works the charging device with the outlets that's another thing and I wish I was YouTubing this maybe I'll, I'll do a video of all this together and I want to do a video of me changing an actual trailer hub next time it happens you want to have your PFDs and your throwable devices in there you want to have a dustpan and a broom just for cleaning things out this is maple seed season my boat fills up with every maple seed that blows out of my neighbor's tree so if my cover's not on it I need to go through and either vacuum it or use a dustpan to clean it out a leaf blower works sometimes too I power wash the inside of my boat clients usually spill coffee and and other things and tree sap and bird poop because they're birds that live in my actual trailer they, they go up into the hitch and then down and when you pull up to the boat ramp you can hear the babies chirping I don't know what the parents think or do when I'm gone but when I return they're immediately in the trailer as soon as I detach it from my boat zip ties are gonna be just good for everything there is it's a squared off piece of metal and when I'm putting the boat on the trailer if the side of my boat bumps into that it's gonna scrape it and take a chunk out of the boat so I have big chunks of insulating foam for a hot water tank over those and they're zip tied you might need a zip tie electronics you might need a zip tie who knows what carry zip ties with you if you don't have the insulation left over from when your plumber came by and did your hot water tank you can use a pool noodle you just slice it down one side stick it over zip tie it on you need a good bow line for when you take the boat in and out you need something that's going to attach to the cleats if your ramp has it and heads up 
My cat bird just arrived this morning and is now sitting on the boat. It just moved. But I've had a cat bird, which you hear on the podcast when I record out back in the summer, here for six years now. I'm pretty excited that cat bird has arrived. Uh, rain gear should just be in the boat. You never know when it's going to start to rain. You don't know if your clients want to get wet or not. But if you don't have enough, they get the raincoats and you get wet. That's just how it is. You want to always carry toilet paper in a waterproof container. If you go to the dollar store, you can get a coffee ground container and that fits it nicely. I had a woman client pee off the back of the boat last year. There are clients that sometimes just need to run up in the woods and drop trout immediately. Always have TP with you in your backpack and in your boat. I carry extra hemostats. My boat has got more cup holders than a minivan, as I was recently told. And the cup holders have drain holes in them on the casting pulpits. So I have hemostat wedged in each of those. So if my client needs to take out a hook or smash a barb, they can go ahead and do that. I also carry fuel stabilizer called Stabil. Every time you fill up your gas tank, you need to put that in there. You want to get gas with the least amount of ethanol from corn as possible. And I forget which octane is the best. All right, that's all the stuff I carry in my boat. It's kind of crazy. I'm sure there's something I left out, but I carry a lot of stuff. If you see me on a, a three-day trip and what I carry for fly tying is bizarre. When I go trout fishing for a three-hour trip and I have 15 fly boxes and two sets of floatants and it's just what I do. So now I'm going to close my eyes and, and think about what I'm going to do. I'm coming home from a trip and I'm three miles out from my house and I hear a crunch. Look in the rearview mirror, which I always do now. It's always, always on my mind, these trailer bearings. I've got it down now and I feel comfortable, but it's always on my mind. So I back my boat into the driveway and I take off the trailer. Pull my car forward a little bit. Then I'm gonna take out the boards. I'm gonna put them underneath the hull of the boat on the back right. Now, there's no starboard or aft or fore and bow and stern on this boat because you row one way and you motor the other way. So I put them underneath the rear side of the wheel I'm working on. I put my jack on top of that. I take the handle out for my jack and I give it three little pumps and then I tighten the little nugget and then I start pumping up just a little bit. My wheel is still on the ground. I am gonna loosen the lug nuts while there is still tension from my wheel touching the ground. Then I jack the car up about four or five inches more. The wheel's off the ground. I loosen all of the lug nuts. I put them on a piece of newspaper. I pop off the hubcap and that usually requires like a pocket knife or a little chisel, um, like a little putty scraper. And I use the mallet and I wedge that off. I put that to the side. And then I've got a cotter pin. So I've got to bend the cotter pin with the wrench I was using earlier. If you've got to break it because it's just so mangled, just do that, put a new one in. But you want to slide it out. You might end up using the mallet and the back of the wrench to tap it till it comes out. You want to keep it as straight as possible. If it's completely bent and jacked up, you, know, you should have a garbage bag or something, a garbage trash pile, put it in there. Then I've got my axle nut and I want to loosen that and you're gonna use your pliers and do lefty loosey. That's gonna come loose and you wanna put that down and keep things in the order that you are taking them off. 
because you need to put them back on. The box that the pre-greased hub kit will come in is gonna have a diagram of the direction and order that each thing goes on. I would also suggest you have that on your phone so you can look at that and make sure you don't put things in backwards or in the wrong order. I also forgot to mention that there are two types of axles. There is a tapered axle and there is a straight axle. So make sure you get the right kind of hub to fit that if you're buying a new hub. So now I've got the spindle nut off and then I'm gonna pull off the washer. And then I'm just gonna take the whole hub in my hands and I'm gonna pull it out and it's gonna slide out, put that down, and then I'm gonna pop off the rear grease cap by putting the handle of the mallet inside against that and I'm gonna kind of slam the head of the mallet against the ground and that pressure is gonna pop off the grease cap. And then I'm gonna slide out the second bearing and then I'm gonna clean everything and inspect it and make sure all the bearings are there, which part is broken gets replaced. What's new gets taken out and what's old gets cleaned and then you put it all in the right order. You wanna now clean off the entire axle. You're gonna be cleaning it with newspapers, maybe mineral spirits, you wanna get it perfectly clean. Now if your bearings did bust up and move up and down your axle, your axle may be scratched. So you're gonna have to take a file out and file down any sharp parts of the axle spindle. Again, if your bearing really got jacked up, it may have gone up onto the spindle where it shouldn't be and is stuck. And that's when you want to use the bearing retrieving tool. I've got everything out now, whether it's new, old, cleaned or whatnot, and I'm getting ready now to put everything back in order. So I'm gonna take my inside bearing and I'm gonna grease it. And after I grease it, I'm gonna grease it some more. I'm gonna make sure every nook and cranny, every rolling part is completely coated. This thing should have tons of grease on it. And I'm gonna slide that in the direction it goes in. And then I'm gonna take my finger covered in grease and I'm gonna put it all inside out and around that bearing and just coat the ass out of it. Then I'm gonna take my bearing cap and put it over the inside of the hub and I'm gonna tap it in gently with the mallet. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Once that's done and secured, I'm going to slide it up and onto the spindle and push it back and maybe tap it a couple times with the mallet. If your hub is all greasy, you probably want to clean that off too. Next, I'm going to take the second bearing and I'm going to grease it all the way over, inside, out, and around. I'm going to put that in the correct direction and then I'm going to take two fingers full of grease, just like you would take two fingers and the people that eat peanut butter out of the container. That's what you're gonna do and you're gonna smear and smear grease all up and inside that like you're buttering the inside of a turkey. And then you are gonna take the washer and put that on. It's a very thin washer. And then you're gonna take your next 
spindle nut and you're gonna put that on and you're gonna tighten it as far as it can go. And what this does is it's compressing the bearings and the grease cap and the washer all together so everything is all nice and tight kind of like when you sit on your luggage and you pull a strap to make sure that everything's nice and snug that's great and now if you try to spin your hub it's not going to go anywhere you know it's on tight the term is backing it off what you're going to do is lefty loosey the spindle nut a couple times until the hub starts to move freely and now you know it's not super tight there's not gonna be a whole lot of friction. It should not blow up. From there, you're gonna put the cotter pin in. Then you're gonna bend the cotter pin over itself and tap it in either with the mallet or with the wrench. Once you've got that cotter pin on, it's pretty much home free. We're almost done. It's almost time to sit down and pour ourselves a nice cold Arnold Palmer. So once you've got that on, you are going to lift up the wheel and slide the wheel over the axle that's sticking out onto the hub. And you are starting to now put the wheel and lug nuts on. So you can take the lug nuts and remember the pointy side goes in and you're gonna put those on lightly and screw them in by hand. And then what you're gonna do is you're gonna let the air out of the hydraulic or pneumatic jack and you're gonna lower the trailer down onto the ground and you're gonna to start to tighten the lug nuts with that four-way tool. And there's a specific way you need to put the lug nuts on. You're gonna have them mostly tightened, but you're not gonna tighten them going clockwise. You're gonna tighten the ones across from each other. So the ones at two o'clock and seven o'clock, you're gonna tighten all the way. And then the ones at 11 o'clock and five o'clock, you're gonna tighten all the way. And then there's the last fifth one, if this is a five, bolt hub you're going to do that last one and you're going to crank them down as hard as you can and now it's time to either put on the bearing buddy or the hub cap you should have a small piece of wood with you uh, it's just a little rectangular piece you could cut off part of a wooden pallet and use it and what you're going to do is you're going to put on your hub cap or bearing buddy line it up and you're going to take that piece of wood and put it over it on the side facing you and you're going to start tapping it around in a circle and you're going to basically make a watertight seal into the hub. The whole point of this is to keep water from getting inside of the hub assembly and getting things wet where it's gonna rust and corrode and break down and then explode. Now, I'm only telling you from my experience of fresh water and brackish water here around the DC area. I've never had experience with salt water which corrodes things much faster so if you're the one that's doing this in salt water, I'm sure you've got much more things to worry about. So now this is tight on the bearing buddy or the hubcap, and I'm just gonna run a cloth paper towel around the edge just to clean up the grease around the edges so I can see that that's tightly sealed. Put the wood over it again, give it another couple of wax, and pretty much you're done. Now you've gotta clean everything up. Your greasy hands now touched the mallet, they've touched the wrench, the tool to tighten your lug nuts and your jack. So you gotta clean your gloves off and then you're gonna grab paper towels and newspapers and those blue grease towels you get at the mechanic shop and you're gonna clean all of this down. You are going to get rid of all the garbage, the greasy paper towels, greasy newspapers, cotter pins, busted up, whatever, clean up all the sharp metal pieces 
and you want to put them away in case you have to do this the next time. And then you're going to step away from it. You're going to cross your arms. You say, damn, I just did a good job. And then most importantly, of all the things that I've mentioned in the last 30 plus minutes that you have to do, this is required, you have to kick your tire. Now, I don't know why this became required, but you're supposed to kick the tire just to make sure everything is on. And then once everything is cleaned off the driveway, put away, and you really don't want to be doing this on a shoulder of the road with cars going by. You don't want to be doing this in a Walmart parking lot on a road trip. You really want to be doing this in a kind of clean spot, maybe with some shade and something to sit on while you're doing this. And then you're going to attach the trailer and just do a lap around the cul-de-sac. Now for me, I just do a lap around Kristen Lane here and I come home and the bearing buddies or the hubcaps are still attached. I'm good to go. I think that covers everything. Hopefully you've learned something from all of my talking here. Some things I forgot to mention. I didn't actually break down the colors of the wires on a trailing harness. So green is for the right turn signal. Yellow is for the left turn signal. The white is the grounding wire and brown is for the trailer's taillights. You should also have with you electrical tape and one of those electrical wire stripper cutters in case you need to wire something while you're on the road. Be careful where you park your boat trailer. Um, like I said, my first drift boat, the Alumacraft or Alumaweld, got hit by a drunk driver. Now, she did do a hit and run. So she hit four cars in a boat trailer, left half of her car, and she broke the axles off a minivan. There were just car parts everywhere. She was a hit and run. So I didn't think I was ever going to find out who did this and who'd be responsible for it. It turns out she got pulled over not far afterwards. She was completely fine. That chick was so drunk. It was a 0.24, I think. I think she was more drunk than alive. So it was a hit and run. She spent two days in the drunk tank and her insurance company eventually came with a trailer and took the entire boat away. Yeah, so that was the first boat. When I got the stealth craft, the first neighborhood I parked in it, somebody slashed my boat cover with a knife, just went up and down and slashed it. And then I moved it and on an Easter Sunday, somebody stole the license plate off of it. So I moved it to another neighborhood near my house. Uh, somebody wrote on my car windshield when I had it parked together with my boat, no trailer parking here in Sharpies. That was really obnoxious. There was no sign that said you couldn't park there. Then I moved it to another section. Somebody put a cigarette out or they threw a cigarette on it and it burned a hole in my brand new cover. And then best of all was the police calling me, telling me that the last place it was parked uh, the neighbors had called the police with concerns that, quote, crackheads and whores were going to move into the neighborhood if my boat was parked there. And then they made it illegal to park any sort of trailer on the streets in that neighborhood area, in that district. Luckily, that's when I bought this house and I now have an area on my driveway where I can keep my boat. Um, I also wanted to mention about the camber and how all this happened was that trip down 95 i was going really fast and someone waved me down and i went to look at the hubs and there was smoke coming out of them so the axle had actually got damaged from the bearings getting pulled up onto it 
from the fast driving and that's when the neighbor showed me the bearing removing tool but the axle was damaged so we had to take the boat off the trailer my daughter's teacher came over one sunday morning and we cut off the bolts threw away the axle put a new one on but did not know the direction an axle has to go in there's a certain bend to it and you need that bend on the top part that bend is on the front right now so instead of at 12 o'clock it's at the three o'clock position and it's causing wear and tear on those wheels on the inside so we had to cut that off we had to bolt measure it bolt it back on put on bars all sorts of stuff and i've been pretty successful until the last month when i noticed that the wheels were getting bent so as soon as it dries out outside i'm going to move the boat trailer under my driveway jack it up put the rest underneath it and get out the socket wrench and fix it i'm not a handy guy i'm not a car dude this is all learning experiences from me um, anything else that i wanted to tell you about that i think i've covered everything if you got questions hit me up if you want to help support hosting this podcast for everyone around the world you can go to my etsy store go to robsnowwhite.com and, and buy some flies like I said, you know, one pack of garflies is going to keep this podcast running for a month longer. That's all I have to say on the matter. At some point, I'm going to have my own YouTube video on how to do this and maybe pictures on a blog or on my website that show you everything that I carry with me when I drive my trailer. That's it. I'm going to go watch the rainfall today and wait for my kid to come home. And then I thank you for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. Please share with your friends on a road trip, like it, give me a review on iTunes, and subscribe if you've not done so already. That's it. We're going to let producer Jason take it away from here, and I look forward to fishing with Jason soon this summer. All right, everybody, take care. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com This podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.